Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Mike J. He is Mike S. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is a drive-by wrestling podcast. And Mike, we had an interesting week in wrestling. (laughs) I just, I'm like sitting here thinking like, man, like I'm trying to jump into something catchy and cool to say. And I'm just like, it's just been a weird week in wrestling in general. There's been good, bad, ugly, uh... Retribution. <laughs> okay, we can start right there. Uh, yeah, let's jump into that. Um, what the fuck? Well, here's a funny thing. And like, okay, now. no, like, hold on. You've been like for weeks. I've been like, this shit is fucking snake bend, and you've been like, let's let it play out. Yep. Have we got to a point where it's played out enough for you to be like, oh, this well, is the, the, we're like, we've clearly crossed the point of no return for this gimmick. I don't know. Let me, oh, let me give you my, my God, let are me, you hold on. serious right now. Hold on. Let me give you my take. Oh because... my God, you were such a fucking mark. Go ahead. <laughs> no, let me, let me explain here for a minute. I'm not. Um, I'm definitely, I have issues with this. Big ones, okay? But, let me just explain. Because, I, when I watch Raw, in general, I don't watch an entire episode of Raw Who live. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I get up early for work, so I usually tap out about 9, 9.30, um... Unless there's something I'm really interested in, I feel like I need to stay up. Like when I thought Retribution was going to debut because they sent a tweet out and then they didn't do anything. Yeah, I stayed up that night. Yeah. Uh, that night, of course. So everyone did. <laughs> as I as I watched them come out Monday night and they started Raw, it was a chaotic start which I enjoyed. Uh, I saw the masks and that didn't really throw me at first. Um, I don't even hate him. Well, let me rephrase that. I hate the one that Shane Thorne is wearing. Because I can deal with Bane, Predator, uh, Bane and Predator being a part of this team, but I don't think Casey Jones belongs. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, the cartoon version of the Casey Jones mask is still better than this thing. But whatever. Uh... Yeah, I'm watching like and I'm like, I listened to the promo. I didn't think it was bad. I think it made a little sense. I understood. I saw people saying like, why did they sign contracts when it's pretty much stated that the ploy was, if we sign these contracts, you'll stop bothering our shows. And clearly that doesn't happen. So I, I'll even, I'll go. Okay. I get it. So when I went to bed, this is an hour and a half into chaos, weird masks, a little bit of storyline, and I'm like, okay, this, you know, I don't love the masks, but I'll see where this goes. 
And then I woke up to a Twitter timeline filled with T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack. And I thought, wait, what? And then I had to do a little digging because I didn't know why these words were in my timeline. And once I figured it out, I was all aboard the fuck this shit train. The names are what did it for you, huh? Oh, um, yeah. Because well, the other stuff was excusable until the names. Well, there's one thing that's completely inexcusable, which I will get to. But I let me also let me also finish, and then we can we can okay. hash this out. Then the the one thing that sometimes the internet wrestling community does for people who don't always catch things live is they fix. I don't want to say fix because I'm still not happy, but. And I know we've said this before. You know when you have that friend that's like, Hey, Mike, you gotta go see this movie. It's the best freaking movie you've ever seen in your entire life. And this is awesome. And that's awesome. And blah, blah, blah. And they hype you up and you're so excited to go see this movie. And then you see it and you're like, eh, it's a movie. Yeah. Well, this is like the reverse effect. I saw so much flack about how terrible this was. I didn't watch anything to do with it. I didn't check any clips out. It's like, I'm going to watch this when I get home. I'm going to finish this out. See where this goes. I hated it because of everything that everyone was saying. And then when I actually watched it, I was like, okay, well, their names are terrible. But this isn't nearly as bad as the internet made it out to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And, like, don't get me wrong, it wasn't... The promo was pretty good. Like, the actual, like, how it was spoken and cut. The words were nonsensical bullshit. But there were, like... <laughs> well, most, most promos are, to be fair. Aspects of it that you could see are working. The people are buying into their characters. Um, it's just... Holy shit, this is so bad on every level to me, man. Like, I would, like, with the masks. Look, I could deal with the masks, alright? I could deal, I could deal with Dijakovic wearing a Bane mask, right? If it was just a fucking Bane mask. But he's also got, like, fucking face paint on underneath it. I don't even mind the face paint. I don't mind the contacts. What, Listen, what, what here's the, here's my biggest and problem you didn't even with the let masks. Me get the, the contacts. Like it's like it's contacts, face paint, face mask. What the fuck, man? Pick one. Here, Pick here's one. the problem. What is the purpose? Because this is my biggest issue with the entire thing, even above the names, Mike. Are we supposed to pretend that we don't know who the hell Mia Yim is? That we yes. don't, I'll give you, I'll, I'll even give you Mercedes Martinez and Dio Madden. You, Maybe I'll you don't you, know who they I'll are. I'll give you one, everyone in that group that's not Dijak or fucking Mia Yim. Yeah, even Shane Thorne, even though he's been on Raw. But are we supposed to pretend like we don't know who the hell Mia Yim or Donovan Dijak is and that these masks prevent us from knowing? Now, yes. Don't get me wrong. Yes, don't we are, get because, me wrong. Because in WWE's like main roster universe, NXT only exists when it needs to. It just it doesn't 
That's my that's my biggest problem with the entire thing. And then you change their names. So to me, well, you're clearly trying to act like they're hiding their identity and then put Lucha Mask on them. I know you don't want to do a Dark Order ripoff, but like do something better than what they have or more cover. I don't know, man. It, like it didn't make sense as to like we all know who they are. Everybody knows who they are. Yeah. And to now, I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I did just see as of Thursday, uh, like afternoon, whatever, T-Bar, <laughs> Donovan Dijak, uh, tweets out, Ah, you think training is your ally. You merely adapted the performance center. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the main roster until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. <laughs> and now I laugh. Uh, that's the <laughs> and best I part think... of this. I just... Like, like, let's take this whole, like, promo and introduction and names aside. What a lackluster fucking debut match. Oh, by the way, we're, they're having their first match now. Right. Un- unannounced, un... I mean, kind of unannounced. Announced that against, night, you know. Against, I mean, uh, against the Hurt Business, who are faces now, because they have to defend their turf. Under Armour, defend our turf. Um, I'll even I'll even stick up for that one because Hurt Business has said a few times like that they're running the show. This is their show, so they don't want another team stepping in on their territory. So I'll, I'll let that one slide. Uh, but I understand people having a problem with it. I understand, I understand every single issue people have with this. And 90% of me wants to hate all of it. I'm just holding that 10% of hope that this can turn around. I think they need to take the mask off next week. And they need to reveal their master plan or master mission statement. You know what I mean? And just... Like, even if it's okay, so here, here, this, this is good. I just, I, I'm booking this on the fly. This Mike. is a Are great you point you're making right now, by the way. What is the mission statement? I mean, they were mad that other people had big contracts and now they have contracts. So I, uh, it's weird. It's I don't almost know. like if they had just stayed at the performance center and like continued to train, they got these big contracts. Right, right. So, uh, I just lost it. Let me look it up again. This is fun because, like I said, I'm booking this on the fly. Uh, This just came to me. So, uh, Slapjack, and this is interesting, his Twitter handle says Shane Slapjack Thorn, but the Shane and the Thorn are crossed out. Uh, he says, people watch Slapjack, hashtag retribution, and has a screenshot from YouTube where, uh, you know, Hurt Business and Retribution clip has 2.2 million views in two days. So wouldn't it be awesome? They could completely turn this around, Mike. Let me book this and turn it around for you. If they come out next week, they throw the mask off, and they talk about how Raw was a top five show beating the Stanley Cup playoffs. And 
they've garnered X amount of views in a week being on YouTube and all with the stupidest fucking names you've ever heard because you're all sheep and you follow this main roster like it's blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. How cool would that be? And my name's Dijack, and I'm going to kick everybody's ass. Yeah, that'd be great. Like, I'd be down It's an that. immediate fix, Mike. It, it would be like, hey, we did this to show you that it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter your name, your gimmick, your image. Once you're you know, thrust up to this spotlight, WWE can do whatever stupid thing they want to do to you, and you sheep will follow. It would be a perfect kind of turn for this, and I I hope that someone in WWE is listening. I do too, but unfortunately, I don't think that's the plan. I don't either. I, I don't either, and I don't know what to think. Uh, you know, Mia Yim's a fantastic talent. Um, I think Shane Thorne, for the stuff I saw him on NXT, was really a, a, you know, I mean, he needed a little bit of work, but man, he was impressing me. And then I've never really seen much of Dio Madden, but he's definitely got a look and a size to him. Uh, and, you know, Dijakovic, Dijak, Donovan, Dominic, whatever, T-Bar, whatever the hell you want to call him, man. This dude has main eventer written all over him. I, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll just have to see. Hopefully, this turns around. I've I been, don't know. I, and I, I've been loving the New Age insiders, like um, tweeting about it since they're friends mm-hmm. with him, and them trying mm-hmm. to just be like uber positive for their friend. But like you could tell, they're just like, uh, like the like the one tweet was. I mean, if it ends in a nice spot for Dijakovic, then I'm going to be happy about it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, man, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Like, could you imagine being Dijak and being called in for this? Like, how? (sighs) At the same time, he's a guy that's pretty openly always wanted to be in WWE. Right. 100%. Maybe he doesn't give a shit so much. But, like, I just can't imagine, like, being one of these people and just being, like, like, Mercedes Martinez, the hottest female free agent in pro wrestling, and uh, was having a pretty nice run there uh, in NXT, being the badass of the, what, the... I always want to say the Robert Parker brand, but that's not it. Robert Stone brand. Robert Parker is uh, Colonel Robert Parker for WCW. Colonel Robert Parker, if you're not familiar, I recommend you going back and checking out some WCW in like 95 when Nitro first started. Um, pay real attention to Colonel Robert Parker. Colonel Robert Parker's gimmick was um, essentially a plantation owner. And... uh the only people he managed were these two guys. He managed a bunch of people. But I'm, these two guys named Bunkhouse Buck and uh, Dirty Dick Slater, who essentially their gimmick was they were, I guess, uh, the overseers on said plantation. 
Um, they were like farmhand, like real piece of shit. Like anytime you've ever seen someone uh, whip a slave in a movie about slavery, they looked like Dirty Dick Slater uh, or Bunkhouse Buck. Also, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty <laughs> Dick Slater sound like gay porn star names. Anyway, so those were his two yes, guys. And then everyone else that Colonel Robert Parker managed was a minority. The Harlem Heat, uh, multi- <laughs> multiple Asian wrestlers, uh, everyone. So this guy's gimmick in WCW in 1995 was a plantation owning Southern. And they never come right out and said the motherfucker owned a plantation. That motherfucker owned a plantation. Uh, was a plantation owning Southerner with a menagerie of minorities and then two white farmhands. Um, it's fucking wild what they let get away with. Anyway, yeah, Mercedes Martinez. She was doing great shit with the Robert Stone brand. Uh, great shit. So, I don't know, I mean, I just think that this whole... Seems like an egregious waste of, like, up-and-coming talent to me. Um... But it's also like the New Age Insider said. Man, if it ends with Dijak in a good spot, then I guess I'm cool with it. I just don't see how you can possibly come out of this in a good spot. Yeah, like I said, I'm trying to keep that 10% alive, Mike. I really am. Another thing that happened this week, uh, recent with this recording, but of course it affected what we will uh, talk about here shortly about Dynamite, but... Sean uh, Ross Sapp of Fightful and also uh, Sports Spectrum 360's John Alba are both reporting that multiple wrestlers at the September 9th Dynamite event have tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. And, of course, this affected the uh, main event of Dynamite this week as Lance Archer is one of them and was not able to attend the show. Uh, you know, there's another one, the guy who wrestled on the special event. I don't know his name. He's another indie guy that, you know, AEW's doing her thing with. He also posted that he tested positive. It's probably going to be bad. Um, and, you know, I see a lot of people quote tweeting or tweeting the gif of Taz saying they don't run a sloppy shop. And then people saying that's not fair. They test, and this is a pandemic. Well, you know what? No, no. No, no. That's fair. Don't. It's totally fair. Because my biggest bone. Don't shoot your fucking shots like that if you're not going to be prepared to have it fucking come back at you. Yep. And my biggest bone with AEW is they talk a lot of shit and don't follow through on it. And this is just another shining example of that. To be fair, it's pretty much unavoidable if you're going to do a contact sport, right? Yeah. No matter how much testing you do, no matter how safe you think you are, it, you can't. If you're not keeping everybody in a bubble, it's going to happen. Okay. And you know, I'm not talking shit on them by saying that, or I don't think people. I'm sure there's people that are, but my point is, I don't think it's a bad thing to say or a wrong thing to say when you talk a big game and now you're in the same boat that. You know, WWE was in. There's word that maybe some NXT stars have it again. I don't know, but wrestling, I mean, it's wrestling in a pandemic, man. What do you want to do? You know? 
I mean, uh, run a cruise ship like Tom Cruise did, I guess. <laughs> you know? Like, that motherfucker was trying to make his new Mission Impossible movie, and so he just rented a cruise ship, and all the cast and crew live on this fucking cruise ship. Hey, whatever you gotta do, right? Like, that's straight up, man. Just get you a cruise ship, and fucking let's have wrestling from there. Yeah, it could work, it could work. Mike, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's get into the Wednesday Night War. Uh, I know we're a little pressed on time today. We both have some things going on in real life, and sometimes, you know, things take priority. Hang tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, quick, quick. Use it doesn't force. matter Use what your force. favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me? The Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. Excuse my little interruption of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID Pot Show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. 
Who are they? <laughs> That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps on all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line like Mike did, the brave one. And talk to well-known guests or share your own paranormal story. But be aware, sometimes it gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. Takeover uh, is happening on October 4th. That's a week from this Sunday. And of course, this Sunday is Clash of Champions, and we're not even really going to get into it because um, we just don't really have the time. There will be a Pickums on our website. I will send that out on our, our website Facebook page because who needs a website, right? <laughs> right? Fuck all that. That's for professionals. <laughs> But uh, that's, anyway, that's for people that can afford to invest more than a couple hours a week into talking about wrestling. Right. So we have uh, NXT setting this up. We're going to have a uh, women's battle royal to defi- to decide the number one contender for Io Shirai. Just kind of got to go through these real quickly so we can try to get to everything like uh, decent match. You got two, I believe, two, if not three spots. Highlighting Casey Catanzaro and her ability to not let her feet touch the ground. Uh, unique spots, things that I haven't seen. Uh, it was really, 
really fun, but in the end, it came down to Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Candice LeRae. And we get a winner in Candice LeRae with a unique finish. Uh, LeRae was on her back on the steel steps, and Shotzi was over top of her, and she kind of almost monkey flipped her off the steps. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that before for a Rumble or a Battle Royal, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, Bleach Report gave this a B. I think that is a fair grade. Um, so we're getting uh, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai at the next takeover. Next, we rolled into Jake Atlas versus Tomasa Ciampa. This was, you know, Atlas trying to get his revenge for Ciampa's brutal beating of him a few weeks ago. Um, another really good match. They gave this a B. Um, I also think that's fair. I'd probably, I'd venture to give it a B plus. I thought it was a little better than just average. Um, but yeah, Ciampa takes the win and. He's going to keep rolling through. Jake Atlas failed to get his revenge. So we get to skit. Hey, 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 hey. Hold on, hold on. Fuck you, Joe. Go ahead, man. (laughs) That's right. Can't forget. So we get to skit. It may have actually been earlier in the evening. I don't know. Bleacher Report doesn't always add them. But we're going to a tag match here. And we had a skit where Fandango's in the back with all these names on the board. He's dressed like Sherlock Holmes. Regal's walks in because all the tag teams are back there arguing. He's like, what the hell is going on? And Fandango's got all these mixed names for tag teams and he's explaining how, well, if these two team up and they win against these two that are teamed up, then then these two teams can fight each other for the right to fight us. It was so confusing that it was awesome. (laughs) So, Roddy Strong teamed with Danny Burch against Fabe... Inside look at how Actual WWE main roster. <laughs> and then Fabian Ackner teamed with Raul Mendoza. And then whoever won, those two teams respectively would split and then their partners. They, It's hard to even explain, but I know you know what I'm talking about. So He's going to take a partner from each team. He took four teams. He took a partner from each team. Made and made two teams out of those. Made those two teams fight. The winner of those two teams went back to their original tag teams, and those two tag teams are then fighting for the right to take on the tag team champions. Exactly. So our winners, <laughs> our winners here were Roddy Strong and Danny Burch. So we're now going to get Roddy Strong and Robert Fish against uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch for the right to fight for the tag team titles. It was bizarre. A good match. They gave it a B plus. I agree with that. Uh, really fun. So then we get Damian Priest versus Austin Theory. Really solid match. They gave it a B. I'd probably give it a B plus. I don't think there was... Mm, well, I think the final match. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, Priest went over. Uh, Rich Holland versus Antonio De Luca. Uh, Rich Holland, man. This dude, I told you about him before. He looks like kind of like a mini Brock Lesnar. Um, he's really impressive. This is mostly a squash match, which for some reason when AEW does it, Bleacher Report gives their squash matches A's and then gives WWE slash NXT C's, but whatever. Um, it was there to, you know, to highlight this guy. Um, and why does Bleacher Report run out of, I like how the article just stops before they're done with the show. Yeah. Bleacher Report does that all the time. Okay, so the main event, which I got to make sure I get all the right guys in there. 
was the uh, Gauntlet Eliminator, okay? And this is a new type of match uh, proposed by William Regal, uh, where you had five guys. This included Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, who started out the match, those two, Bronson Reed, Cameron, Cameron Grimes, and Timothy Thatcher, all fighting in an elimination-style gauntlet match. However... Instead of beating one and then moving on, beating one and then moving on, every four minutes a new guy would come out. It was kind of like a gauntlet slash rumble. Uh, very interesting. I really enjoyed this match, man. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, no one looked bad. And we have a new number one contender in the form of Cal frickin' O'Reilly, man. What? You heard it here first. Probably not first, but you did. Uh, no one else did. They probably heard it somewhere else. I mean, the dude's a former Ring of Honor champion. He's a hell of a singles wrestler. I just... Fucking nice. Yeah. Yeah, so think about it. We're getting Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Wow, I'm very excited for this. And we also... Just I mean, to not I, let this I, slide by. I think O'Reilly has about as much chance as fucking Jey Uso has against Roman Reigns, but like, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, and it's going to be a fantastic match. We also got an interesting uh, little vignette. Um, not really sure how to describe it. I would search it out, but it almost looks like a night vision, like someone broke into the PC, is breaking out one or two or more of the NXT titles, which you couldn't really tell which was which, saying that they helped build this place and build these titles, and now they're coming back to reclaim them. And it said 10-4-20, which is the takeover date. Uh, very interesting stuff. I don't know uh, who it is, but it would assume we would all assume that it's a former champion coming back to NXT. So let the speculation begin. No shit. I'm... Huh. Huh. It's Bo Dallas. That's what some people are thinking. It's Bo Dallas. He's a former champion and former tag champion. It's Bo Dallas. Well, never mind. I was going to get excited about that, but... <laughs> uh... To kind of to kind of wrap up, NXT was solid. Not my favorite episode of NXT, but big outcomes. So I'm pumped for the takeover, and let's roll into Dynamite, man. What you uh, got? Dynamite was weird, man, because you know, as everyone knows, it was split into two hours over two nights. Um, real weird. Uh, obviously, since it was split into two nights, they had to make some changes. So um, the announced team, it's weird. We opened with Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko on the first hour. Um, Hot match to open it up. Chris Jericho takes on Bobby Eaton. Um, Jericho obviously picks up the win. Uh, I don't know, man. I give it about two and a half stars. Uh, after that, Jericho cuts a promo with Shivani about his match against Six coming up at the pay-per-view for the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm going to run through this real fast. Um, then Dean Malenko... Wait, I'm gonna actually going to interrupt you for a second. Is this the special episode they did on Tuesday? Yeah, this is Tuesday's episode. Oh, okay. I didn't even pay it. Like, I have no clue what even happened there. Yeah, Tuesday's first I didn't first even hour. count it. Um, the, sec- <laughs> the second match, 
Um, Dean Malenko uh, came out with Rey Mysterio Jr.'s mask. As you know, he recently claimed Mysterio's mask. Um, didn't really take it. You know, Mysterio's face was hidden, but he took his mask. Uh, it's a squash match. He's taking on Jimmy Graffiti. I mean, who the fuck is Jimmy fucking Graffiti? Another one of these fucking, like, indie fucking darlings that AEW likes to bring in. Um, Graffiti did actually put on a good showing for getting on the main stage for the first time. Obviously, Malenko... Uh, you know, man, it's hard to say, did he have a good showing or was he just wrestling Dean Malenko? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, so obviously Malenko gets the win. Uh, it was pretty fucking sweet win. Uh, graffiti, um, they were on the top rope, uh, both of them on the turnbuckle battling it. I, I recommend going back and watching this like this finish. It was just classic Dean Malenko. Um, they're like, like, you know, battling on the top turnbuckle. Graffiti shoves Malenko off. Malenko comes off, rolls. As he comes up, Graffiti goes for a missile dropkick, and Dean Malenko just swats this motherfucker clean out of the air. <laughs> Puts the clover leaf on and fucking like wins. Is like the best. It's like the best ending to a match I've seen in quite some time. Um, <laughs> then we rolled into uh, Diamond Dallas Page taking on Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long. Um, of course, Nick Patrick. Of course, Nick Patrick's going to be the ref. You know Nick Patrick and DDP have been having, like, ongoing issues. Um, uh, look at how look at the fucking jobber shit we've had. Bobby Eaton, Jimmy Graffiti, Craig Pittman. I mean, like, what the fuck, right? And Pittman at one point starts talking up, and Shivani's like, oh, he's pitbulling up. What? What? The fuck is pitbulling up? So he starts pitbulling up. Blah, 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 diamond cutter. Um, got some real, like, you know, obviously that Patrick gets in the win because, you know, we're curious about if DDP's joining. Uh, you know, we don't know right now. Nick Patrick is currently the, the ref for the inside, uh, for the inner circle. So we don't know. Uh, he counts the win fast for Paige. It looks like they're making a real play to get Paige to join the inner circle. Uh, I'll be shocked like if Paige it. ain't him. I'll be shocked if by the end of the year Paige ain't in the inner circle. Um, <laughs> after that, we have fucking uh, Ron Studd versus Jeff Jarrett. Ron Studd. <laughs> really trying with these fucking like, wait, matches, uh, wait, right? Wait, 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 wait. What? I thought Jeff Jarrett was still under contract with WWE. What the hell is going on here? No, nah, man. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, I don't know what's going on with his contract situation. Dude, you know I'm not like a big behind-the-scenes guy, man. Like, I watch it as a TV show, and I take it for what it is. Um, so, Ron there. Studd. Uh, Ron Studd. <laughs> uh, Ron Studd taking on Jeff Jarrett. Um, Flair comes down, does a little strut. Um... You know, shakes the hand of the fucking, uh, Jarrett, gives him Flair's personal endorsement. Um, obviously Jarrett goes on to pick up the win. Uh, fans booed the shit out of Jarrett. Uh, it is what it is. Which is weird, because you know, AEW fans pretty much cheer for anyone that AEW sends out to the ring. Um, uh, so after that, Tony Schiavone, he's double duty, and man, he's down on the floor. He's talking to Jarrett, and Jarrett vows that he's gonna get a fucking, uh, figure four wrapped on the Giants' legs. Um, he doesn't, I don't think. I can't imagine. No one gets a fucking 
no one's put the giant in. I'd be shocked. We'll see what happens. I believe they're uh, going to be taking on each other at the, um, what is it? It's going to be uh, the, it's the fucking, the dynamite uh, anniversary show. Um, as we know, the giant's part of the inner circle. So the inner circle, they've been having problems. Uh, and you know, Jarrett's been, um, hanging out with the elite. So, uh, I don't know if he's like part of the elite. No one will really say. It seems like most of the elite members don't really care for him, but like Flair's vouching for him. So if Flair's vouching for you, then I guess you just gotta deal with it. Um, <laughs> So that was how we ended the first night of AEW Dynamite. Uh, that was Tuesday night. Then we uh, rolled into Wednesday night, which I just finished watching slightly before you called. This hour, uh, since you know we're coming in a different day, we got a different announced team for this show. It's going to be Eric Bischoff, Mike Tanay, and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan on the play-by-play for this. Uh, we, we open up hot with fucking Roadblock versus Lex Luger. Uh, um, so, uh, when Roadblock comes out carrying a fucking Roadblock, uh, Heenan yells, what is that? Uh, it's probably the best moment of either night. Um, obviously Luger squashes this motherfucker. It's Roadblock, of course. Um, fuck, were they Roadblock? I, I... Okay, like, I get it, some of these indie guys. Like, I get it, right? Uh, Mr. LJ, uh, the Viano tag team. Like, I get it, right? But, like, Roadblock, I don't, this is like a gimmick. Like, motherfuckers, it's 2020. Like, you can't have a dude in 2020 come out carrying a fucking Roadblock and his name be Roadblock. That's two on the nose. It's two on the nose. The American Males, uh, Scotty Riggs and um, uh, Bagwell, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, uh, and the worst entrance music in wrestling in the year 2020 come out to take on the Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry and uh, Colonel Robert Parker. It's weird that Robert Parker's still allowed to fucking just act like this and have black tag teams. (laughs) in 2020 but the more wrestling changes the more it stays the same matt hardy good god uh so uh nick patrick is nick patrick nick patrick is refereeing this one also here's what i I don't here's what i don't get right so there's Mm -hmm. like at least six contracted wrestlers with aew why do you keep letting the inner circle specific ref come out here and ref fucking matches? It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, this match was decent. Uh, crazy thing. Um, from the inner circle, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are hanging out at ringside. They're obviously highly invested in this being that they uh you know tag team champions and uh you know they uh, the heat they got that match coming up at the fucking reunion show or reunion show it's not a reunion show uh coming up at the anniversary show so obviously they're gonna 
watch and see, keep an eye on this. Harlem Heat clearly win. Like, we never for a second thought. I'm telling you that, Booker T, uh, he's the Montez Ford of the Harlem Heat, man. <laughs> okay. Like, he really is. <laughs> like, like... Like, just like I've been saying about Montez Ford for, like, a couple months now, man. Like, Booker T, man, when they finally split this team up, fuck, dude. I don't think there's, like, I honest to God, man. Like, had Kofi not already become the first black champion, like, Booker T hasn't rode it all over him. <laughs> Be a shame if they dropped the ball making sure that guy was the first black champion. Um. So then the Fantastics take on the Faces of Fear. God damn it, AEW. Can we just get a fucking match with two credible fucking people in it? Something. Like, every match has been obvious. Like, like every match has been just a telegraph winner. It takes some of the allure out of it. The faces of fear with Jimmy Hart fucking squash these fucking dudes. Squash the fuck out of them. Um, Mr. JL, this is an interesting one. Mr. JL... If you're not familiar, that's Jerry Lynn. I can't believe he's still wrestling, but, like, right on. Um, Always been a Jerry Lynn fan. Mr. JL is taking on the inner circle Sting. Uh, As you know, Sting, one of the top AEW stars, uh, was asked to join the inner circle, turned them down, um, and then they brought in uh, Sting lookalike, and so he's been inner circle Sting. Uh, Mr. JL takes on Inner Circle Sting. Hey, 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 are, are we sure we watched the right episode of Dynamite? Yeah, dude, 100%. Um, okay. Just so, um, squashes him. Then, uh, the whole Inner Circle comes down. Uh, not like the whole Inner Circle, but like, you know, you know, like, Vincent's leading the pack here, right? So you know what group of NWO members we're getting coming out, right? And then, uh, out of fucking nowhere, Sting comes. Fucking hits a Stinger Splash. Uh, just starts dropping motherfuckers like crazy. It's insane. He's out here like a superhero, fighting like nine motherfuckers at a time. It's pretty fucking sweet, man. It's pretty fucking sweet. It's not something you see a lot in wrestling. It's more like in like modern wrestling. No one really comes out and cleans house like that anymore. I miss that. Um, then fucking the best match I, of either night. Um, Chris Benoit takes on Randy Savage. Um, fucking great fucking match. Um, not as great as it could be. Um, and then, uh, before the match, we get a video, uh, it's, um, Hollywood Hogan, leader of the Inner Circle, um, and he's cutting a promo from the set of his new big Hollywood movie, Three Ninjas, uh, something that, something, something, amusement park. It's the third one in the Three Ninjas series. Eat your heart out, Rock. Uh, you had to jump into the fifth Fast and Furious movie. Paul Hogan got into the third Three Ninjas movie, so uh, dismissive wanking gesture. Um, great match. Savage picks up the fucking win. Um, Chris Benoit, another guy on this roster. Eddie Guerrero is another guy 
that I think we're going to see a lot of uh, from AEW future stars they got going right there. Um, hopefully they continue to book them correctly. And that's how we end the night. Oh, no, I take that back. My bad. Benoit won by count out because Savage just kind of left. Uh, my bad. Um, and that was AEW Dynamite for the week. Hmm. That's interesting. Are you sure you didn't get your notes mixed up with, like, your retro Nitro reviews? I'm 110%. What are you talking about, Mike? This is AEW Dynamite. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> I mean, you should probably end the show, then. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm down, man. I'm down. You got places to go, people to do, you know. Yeah. Hey, before we go, man, tell your loved ones you love them. Just letting everybody yeah. know that. Mike and I both lost people this week. Uh, tell your loved ones you love them. Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, you, you really never know. You just never know. Um, although, mine's not nearly as shocking as yours. You just... The, the literal saying of here today, gone tomorrow, uh, you know, you never know. You just never know. I want to yeah. say one thing before we wrap up. Oh, yeah, I got I didn't hear, to say too. Go ahead. I didn't hear it in your uh, review there. Yeah. If I see Evil Uno hand a boot to a referee one more time, and that referee, which I'm pretty sure is always the same effing referee, hold that guy's foot for him to do a move. I'm going to fucking throw something through my TV. Uh, I must have fast-forwarded through that match, man. I had G1 started this week, so I didn't. I couldn't really keep up with Dynamite, man. This is wrestling priorities, and obviously the G1 is priorities. By the way, guys, uh, I highly recommend the Naito-Tanahashi match from the G1. Fucking excellent match. Uh, fucking excellent match. Also, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ishii. Fucking great match. Not Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay versus Ishii. Uh, fucking great match. There's been a lot of great matches. I'll give you guys a rundown next week. It's just been a weird week. Um, also, I'm going to make an apology on air to Joe. Because <laughs> he sent me a message and he was like... I'm not even going to do his voice right now because his voice is part of the message. He was like, Mike, I love your uh cockney accent man but when you do my real voice you make me sound you make me sound like a pansy mate i don't really talk <laughs> like that make, making me sound like a bit of a pansy mate so instead so instead at first i was like okay then this will be joe's voice from now on uh but no i decided uh since joe wants to sound like a tough guy on the show which i get it training to be a wrestler I get a tough guy for saying, so from now on, this is going to be Jeff's new voice on the show. All right, Mike? Could make me sound like right. a fucking pansy, all right, mate? All right. I like it. Charlie's still going to stay on the same line. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Joe. And you know what? Just for the sake of it, fuck you too, Charlie. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Fuck you, fuck you, Nina. And fuck you, Rusty. <laughs> Fuck all four of you. I think we need you. We don't fucking need you. We do need you. You guys do so much. Yes, we Thank do. You so much. We, we really appreciate do. everything you do. Check out PWE. Check out uh, Rusty's Wrecking Crew Productions. Motherfuckers eating a bunch of Oreos this month. 
a bunch of fucking like dude like bro like i'm the type of cat that can sit down listen and straight he has and straight swallow a sleeve of oreos but this dude like is eating some oreos man this dude has a pot a hawaiian shirt with hawaiian pizza print on it yeah it's fucking you know awesome. how epic that is yes it's awesome it's fucking <laughs> awesome all right mike you gotta kill fuck mary uh, let's just go with some of these AEW tag teams we went through tonight. Harlem Heat, the American <laughs> Males, and oh, we'll say um, Harlem Heat, the American Males, and how about we go with um, well, the Outsiders since they were on the show. The Outsiders. Ah, oh, man. So I guess we're. Man, that's a tough one. Hmm. Let's see. We're gonna marry the outsiders, even though they have at least half of them has real life issues. You're marrying the fucking team, the kayfabe team. Okay. Well, then they're my favorite, so I'm marrying them. Um, probably, definitely gonna F the uh, Harlem Heat and bye bye American Males. Yeah man, I really like to think that too. I don't think that Scotty Riggs or Marcus Bagwell are gonna really be able to offer anything as singles competitors. Nope. Probably be I could see them being solid lackeys and factions though. Yeah, I think that might work out. I mean everybody's gotta have a role to play. It is what it is. All right, uh, so that's all I got. Very true. Guys, I say it every week. Oh, oh, also R.I.P. Uh, to uh, Joe Laurinaitis. Uh, 60 years young, man. It's too young. It's too young. Too young. I know we've had some issues with some of the things he said, but it's all for fun and entertainment, and you never want to see a legend go, especially that young. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, and again, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. Dude, you gotta warn me when you do shit like that. <laughs> New episodes of Drive By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.